everyone, and welcome to another episode of Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly, a podcast conversation with successful business owners who share their secrets of thriving in business while living with chronic illness. Here's Nancy Becker. Hey, everybody, and good morning. I'm Nancy, the Chief Flying Pig Wrangler. Do you have a chronic illness? Do you need better systems to scale your company? Here at Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly, we listen to conversations that reveal the tools and mindsets to make our businesses grow more easily. I know our guest today is going to tell us a lot about that. She has some great insights. So grab your pens and paper and get started taking notes. It's going to be good. Welcome, Treva Woods. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here, Nancy. Treva, tell us a little bit about who you are and your story coming into today and why we're having this conversation. Sure. Well, the first thing I would love to do is just acknowledge that I'm on the traditional lands of the Eno, the Tutaloo, the Saponi, the Okanichi, the Sikori, and the Tuscalora people, uh, presently known as Hillsboro, North Carolina in the U.S. Um, I like to start with that just to ground myself in the land that I'm on. I am a mixed race Indigenous uh, woman with Indigenous ancestors, and um, it's just really important for me to kind of ground us in our reality there. And a little about me, that is a really crazy question because I just don't know how to, I've lived so many lives already, you know, isn't that funny? Like, you know, when you're younger and you think, oh, what am I going to be when I grow up? And we've had like three lives since then. So, but my current iteration is I, after living overseas for a time, moved here to North Carolina with my son and went back into teaching. I'm an elementary school teacher and also a body worker. So I've been working, doing prenatal postpartum and massage therapy work for many, many years. It's been interesting to be back here in the U.S. during these last like five years or so that I've been back. It's been pretty stressful. I think a lot of us can relate to that. A lot of ups and downs, a lot of things happening on the national and the world stage that can make things very stressful and can make us, you know, worry and and have more stress in our life, which if you have a chronic condition, you know, often will make that more part of, you know, what's happening. And then I hit the golden four zero when I moved here as well. And I had a surgery and things got just a lot harder for me. I wasn't nearly as able-bodied and it took me a long time to figure out what was really, you know, what the full picture was for myself. But I don't know if anybody knows what teachers now in our public schools are having a pretty stressful time. (laughs) And so I think that really took a toll on my body and for all different reasons. And I finally got to the point where the stress was so much and I had I went ahead and put my resignation in and it was a year long resignation. I did not leave my, you know, I I quit right before the school year started and I, I was, I stayed the year on some conditions and finished out my year in good intent. And we had a great time with the kids, but it finished with COVID. Right. And so my last year of teaching these kindergartners was them on the screen, right at the end, right there, you know, when it was really new and things were quite scary then as well. But right around that time too, I went to the doctor and got diagnosed finally with pretty extreme insulin resistance, which is because I have polycystic ovary syndrome. It's just a chronic illness. It's, it's a hereditary illness and it was causing so much pain all through my body. And I couldn't, you know, I used to be a kindergarten teacher. I used to be on the floor up and down and, you know, doing, I used to do massages and all this stuff. And 
because of the stress of COVID and all the stuff that's been happening, even though now I have more tools on how to kind of take care of myself and mitigate those things, I just, I have to really pace myself. My pain is levels better, you know, but it's not gone. And I'm, my body has changed so much in the last two years. It's like the before and after life, right? Like I used to think of all the things I did before and now every, like traveling, all those things I've traveled all over the world. I would really hesitate to do a lot of those things right now. But the good news is, is I also was able to get into a really amazing ecosystem with a lot of amazing supportive people. And I started my own business and I started doing some collaborations and I get to work from home. I get to, it's so much less stress. It's work that I love. I'm just really thankful for those opportunities. And I'm happy to talk about how that came about and everything. Wonderful. That's, uh, and you've really said some things that, that are so true, especially for people who have chronic illnesses. Number one, we often don't know what we have and just the stress of not knowing is very, very difficult. And then the stress of this last two years has been very, very difficult. So when someone has a chronic illness and they're trying to run a business. I remember years ago, I would be up at bouncing out of bed at 4.30 in the morning and, you know, I just chug along all day long and it would be midnight and I'd go, well, I guess I really probably should go to bed and get a couple hours sleep, but yeah, I didn't want to. I wanted to just keep going. Now it's that alarm clock goes off and I'm going, oh man. you know, let me just sleep another half hour because I haven't slept all night. And I finally about six o'clock in the morning fall asleep. And, you know, so it's, it's really hard, but I schedule all of my meetings in the morning because I know that's when my energy is the best is in the morning. Do you have a specific time of day when you find that you're able to work better than at other times? Yeah, it's been different because, you know, my life was dictated for so long on a set schedule and a very early one that for that first year that I was off, it actually really had a hard time getting up. I had a hard time and I ended up being become more of a night owl, which isn't my natural body's rhythm. I was going through a lot of change then and just really wrecked, you know, coming to terms with what was happening. Um, But now I feel really good. I feel like I settled back into a little bit of an earlier schedule, which is my natural body's rhythm. And I don't have an alarm. Um, I actually get really nervous if I actually have to get up super early. I'll set two alarms because I'm just a little nervous. I won't hear the first one because I never use an alarm anymore. Um, And I wake up on my own probably like between 6.30 and 8. It's a little late, but like I just wake up on my own. I don't schedule anything before 9 a.m. So I've just learned if I don't schedule anything before 9 a.m., I'll wake up. I'll do my body now wants to do this like two part breakfast thing. I don't know. It's what my stomach wants. It's what I do. You know, I take my supplements and my medications that I might need and, and my probiotics, you know, all that stuff and take care of my business and, you know, see what the kids are doing, make sure everybody got off to school. And then at nine, I know I'm going to kind of settle in and I often have one of the things I've done to help me is uh, I body double a lot. A PCOS comes with memory issues. So there you have it. Um, so I, I have to write. Too, so go yeah, ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I have like really bad memory issues sometimes. And I put everything in a sauna and I just write down stuff on a notebook. And, and I just have to say sometimes I forget words. So I body double. 
with people. So I do a lot of co-working to get those like kind of things done that we might not like uh, for my business. I need to post to social media and I, and you'd be a little bit regular, which is hard with for me because, you know, you would get these times when energy just comes and energy goes by nine o'clock or so I have like either body doubling sessions set up or I have appointments or, or something. That's kind of how my schedule goes. I know that normally I wake up for myself, but if I've had a really bad night and we just set the alarm just to be on the safe side, because I do have things starting like at 830 in the morning every day. And so I need to make sure I get up. So, but I, I normally wake up on my own too. And it's just, it's like, oh, let me just stay in bed a while longer. <laughs> but one of the things that we talked about before, when we were having our chat before the, is on... How do you do everything that you do? Well, the first, it's kind of like zones, you know, it's like the first thing is, is that I'm on the computer a lot more than when I was a teacher or a massage therapist for that. I had to quit massage therapy as well because the pain, my back pain, you know, all that was just too much. I invested a lot of money and I'm blessed to have it, but I invested a lot of money into making sure that my workspace was comfortable. And so I bought the $400 like Ikea desk on hydraulics. Uh, so I, cause I'm really short and I have a big body, I'm big body now. And you know, and I need, I just need it to be the right height. I need to be able to change it around. I get stiff if I sit in a place too long. And so I need to move more. So I got the desk. I got like the special like ergomatic keyboard and the mouse pad with a gel. And I have a double monitor and I made, and I bought monitor stands to make sure they're at the right height that I just did these things to make sure that I I'm minimizing the stress on my body for doing this kind of work on the computer. And so that's helped me a lot being able, and oh, and I spent an extraordinary amount on a stupid office chair, <laughs> right? But it, it's still a little too tall, but so I got a different one too, but like just getting things that will support us and backrests and just pads that we need, anything that will help me be in less pain and be more comfortable and not hurt myself more, like, you know, getting a pain in your wrist or for typing or whatever, anything I can do to minimize that I've tried to to do. And it has actually really helped my concentration and helping me get things done. So that's been really helpful. Another thing that I've done with my condition, like I need to move a little every day, but I live in North Carolina, y'all. It is too hot here in the summer. I know I love being outside, but I am not going to go outside when I'm in a sweat buckets and it's just not going to happen. It's very uncomfortable. And so I bought one of those like really thin treadmills that you can put under your desk. Like you just wheel it under and I just work so I could, you know, put my desk up and I can work for a, an hour or 30 minutes, just walking really slowly and it keeps me from getting stiff. It gets my movement in, I get it done. And so I'm able to kind of stack things a little bit because I've, I've invested a lot in my physical space to be a little bit more multidimensional. I know that everybody doesn't always have those resources, but I would suggest that if you have some, start putting them towards getting things that make your body the most comfortable because it's really paid off for me. I think that makes a lot of sense. And I'm sitting here in my chair going, I need to get in a chair. <laughs> I mean, they're not cheap, right? No, like, not. And, and also what I found is I've paid like a lot of money for the one I'm sitting in right now, but it's still a little bit too tall. And so it, it like starts cutting off the circulation on my thighs. So now I've realized that I have to be able to go sit in the chair before I buy, right. I have to be able to yeah. just sit in it. And so, so, uh, you know, you learn, learn from me, please learn from me, <laughs> but I know sometimes it's hard for us to get out. And especially during these times of COVID when things were closed for a time and different things are happening, it was hard to get into stores, you know, and stuff, but now it might be a little easier. Um, so that's the physical stuff I did. 
And I just tell everybody, like, I'll be walking during a meeting. You know, I have like standing meetings during the week and they'll go, oh, you're on your, you're on your treadmill. Yep. You know, we just keep moving. Like we realize that life's happening and that's a benefit of being able to work from home. Right. And running, running our own business. Like I just, for me, that's been a real, real plus. The other thing I do is I pace. So I do a lot of pacing. I try to quit before I've hit the wall, which is really hard, right? Like we have to hit the wall a few times before we know we're getting, we need to quit before we think we need to. Um, because what inevitably happens to me, which I'm sure happens to a lot of your listeners is we go, go, go as much as we can do as much as we can. And then we hit the wall and then we're just like tanked for days. And like, I don't know what my body's going to do. I might just have one recovery day where I can barely do anything and not even think straight. I might have a whole week of that. And that's just really hard when you're run, trying to run a business and when, you, when you're the, it's on you. But I also know that these energy cycles come. And so sometimes I try to batch things. So like I do subscribe to like for social media, like I have a social media thing where I can put in a bunch of stuff and then not have to worry about it. So that way, if my energy takes one day or I need to take a day off or I need to rearrange some stuff, I already have those scheduled out. I don't even, no one will even need to know. Yep. That's one of my favorite. And I'm actually going through a search right now. I've used Hootsuite. I've used, I use Buffer right now. I'm in the process of switching over to Recur Post because you can do more and different things. And that is so important because when I have energy, I need to take advantage of it and I need to do what I can because the next two or three days I might not be able to. So you're right on with that. That makes so much sense to me. Yeah. And then I think that the piece that has been the most crucial and the reason I was able to launch my business in the first place um, and then get collaborations because my business still isn't making enough income to support me, but it's got a solid foundation. And it's honestly just about list building at this point for me. And just my message really resonates with a lot of people, but, and I'm not in the business of trying to make people resonate, right? Like, but I just know I just need a bigger audience so it will spread, right? Like, and then the people it, it, it resonates with will be interested. And that, and that, and that's fine with me. So it's just the work of list building, which takes some time, right? Like, you know, it just, it is the reality of what we do and it's, and you have to be consistent, like continuing to do things to help build your list and get what you're doing in front of other people. So they can choose if that's something that, that interests them or not, or will be helpful for them. So what I've done is I've, I've really enmeshed myself in this, like, well, it's a feminist ecosystem really where, and we all understand that we all have lives. We all have things going on in our lives on different levels. and everyone really supports each other. It has just been one of the most liberatory things for me because it's offered me a lot of grace and it's offered me people who see me for what I really am and really like value what I do. And we just help each other out. We do a lot of body doubling, like I said. But sometimes it's hard to be consistent, right? It's just really hard. I, I find that's something I struggle with personally. And especially as a, a business owner, because you can do your own thing, right? And if you don't, if you just can't, your energy is not always there. It's just much harder to be consistent. And so for me, having people and having meetings scheduled out, we're like, we're going to work on our sales stuff for this hour and a half to it. And we, we don't have to work together, but we just do a check in before and after. And I don't know what it is about those, but they're like magic. Like I just get so much done when I do that. I, I do one. I have one for my clients that we do every Monday and it is absolutely amazing 
how much work gets done. You know, we all come together at the beginning of the time and we say, hey, I'm going to work on this today. I need your support with this. And then we just turn everything off. I have music playing in the background and we just work. And then we all come back together again at the end of the time and they'll say, I got so much done today. Not only did I do this, but I did this and this. And, but it's there's a level of accountability in there too that says, I goofed up. I didn't do it. You know, I got busy playing solitaire, <laughs> didn't get my work done. And, you know, then we can say, okay, well, that's all right this time, but, you know, let's try harder next time. And it is, it's really, really, really powerful when you have those work sessions. But I want to back up for a second with two questions. First, we never really said what your business is what do you do for your business (laughs) fair enough fair enough i run a cohort called the authenticity framework and it's basically for people who want to dig in and learn more and have fun exploring their lineages and heritage it's so they can access their own power right so they can be authentic in the world and do all that without culturally appropriating so it's kind of my Uh, work in the wall as being a mixed race woman, right? And like doing this work and it's so much fun and it's a real shame-free space. The main thing I get is when we, when I run these cohorts is like, once we get started, like no one wants to leave. <laughs> like we want to stay and keep doing it. That's why that's been the hardest part of my business. I keep thinking I need to make this thing longer and longer and longer because I don't want to say goodbye to the people we're working with. And I also do a lot of free workshops on cultural appropriation in the world. So that's one thing that I do. I also co-facilitate, which is another great way to you know, working with other people and collaborating with other people that do businesses as well is such a great way to bring an income and support ourselves. So um, I work with a feminist marketing person named Kelly Deals, and I co-facilitate a group called We Are the Culture Makers with her. And it's basically just learning about how to view the world through a feminist lens. And it's just being there for each other. We have like weekly meetings and I also run the Mighty Networks. So I'm a big fan of Mighty Networks and running our communities on there. So, and I, I kind of do coaching on that sometimes. And then I, I do three things. <laughs> so it's all kind of runs together though. And then the third thing I do is I work with an indigenous elder here who is from here and we do professional development in the local area for teachers on how to uplift an indigenous history and perspective in the classroom, love which it. I love. Love it. love it. Yeah. 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 I was just in a fifth grade classroom yesterday. So that was just really a lot of fun, but boy, it was an hour and a half. And let me tell you, it wiped, I don't know how I used to do it I was like done I like walked in ashen and just like went to bed I looked at my partner's like and I'm done today <laughs> you know <laughs> so anyway I love that you know and it's and it's interesting because one of the things I never talk about because I don't know anything about it is my grandmother was Potawatomi Indian out of Michigan but I can't find out any information it's very very difficult and I would love to be able to bring that whole aspect of my history to life for myself and so we may talk (laughs) but my but my second question that you've been talking about is this body doubling explain to us what that really means well I want to give a hat tip to I think Christy Powers and I'm saying this off the top of my head so please forgive me if I got her name wrong 
and I believe she's based in Canada. She works with predominantly with people with ADHD and coaching them and giving them stuff. Now, I've not been officially diagnosed with ADHD, but I, I do have a son that and I, I have some tendencies. I, I look at it more like a pie of like different aspects. It's kind of like chronic illness, right? Like there's this pie. It's not like on, on a scale of you're this chronically ill to here. It's more like you know, how able are you to do these things and how much pain do you have it? Like we all have a different pie mix. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that goes for like how our brains work too. Right. Mm -hmm. Like when people are quote unquote neurodivergent or, you know, whatever. And so I know I have a few pies there that might set off some little sensors in that world, but what I've learned, and I'm a teacher as well. So what I've learned is when you do best practices for people who have like that are neurodivergent or that aren't as able-bodied, like having our curbs where wheelchairs can access the curbs, right? Like on sidewalks, right? Like when you want to enter into a sidewalk, that's better for the whole community. It's not just better for a person in a wheelchair. It's better for anyone who can't take the step down. It's better for people with strollers and their babies. It's better for people with their groceries. It's better for everyone. It helps everyone. And so these practices can apply to anyone, I guess is what I, I want to say. So the body doubling is like, don't do things alone. So I've heard all, we talk about this all the time in my own like communities. One of them have a weekly call. It's like on Zoom where they, they have a certain time. It's laundry day. Okay. So if you think about someone like ADHD that has a hard time, like doing those basic things in their house, then it's like they have laundry day where they all fold laundry together and talk and catch up. So then you can actually get it done. The way it works for me is that we get on a zoom call and because I don't do a lot of in-person stuff at this point, but we get, we get on a zoom call, people from all over the world, and we'll do a quick check-in and we'll just say, Hey, what are you, how are you feeling? What are you working on today? And we'll say it. And then we'll all turn our camera and we'll mute. So you're not even on camera and we will designate the time we're going to check back in. And then for some reason, I don't know why it's magic, but we get so much done. And then we check back out. And sometimes we have an off day. Oh, I got stuck in Facebook. I got distracted. It happens, right? But we all have a good giggle, but we had some connection too. I'm highly motivated by connection, which being an entrepreneur, right, can be kind of difficult. Sometimes you're just alone a lot. And so I find I have like three or four different types of co-working set up throughout the week, and I'm able to get my stuff done with those appointments. Wonderful. That sounds great. And, and again, you know, I highly recommend them because there is something about the fact that you are working in the presence of other energies that bring those energies to you. And I, I think it's just ah, incredible. And I love it. And I think we all, you know, mine is set up. So it got the feeling that we're in the coffee shop because I always used to love to go put down my laptop and, you know, just work and hi, I see you today, you know, and you just get so much done. And then when, when it's over, you go, wow, you know, this was really cool today. So that's how I have my co-working session set up. And it's really amazing. But are there any other tools and automations that you use that help you through your day? <laughs> yeah, well, I do. I use a lot. I use Zapier. So when I'm doing a release or, or I'm putting out one of my workshops, some of the saving grace is that I use later as my scheduling. Cause I don't do, I don't do a lot of bells and whistles on my social media, but you can save all your old content in there. And then I have all my, I have zaps set up for all the different things through PayPal and, you know, just all, it takes a bit to set up when you set up all that backend stuff. 
then every time I run a new cohort, it literally only takes me an hour to go through and find all those social media posts. And maybe, you know, I freshen them up a little bit or I'll change some wording and schedule them all back out. And then I have all the, I turn all the zaps back on. So then when someone pushes the button to buy my program, it, it all just, it's done. Oh, and I use ConvertKit. Yeah, I use ConvertKit for my email stuff, right? So I have it all set up. So it's like, it's, it's, it goes through a whole release sequence and it just starts them. It, it gives them the email. It gives them the PayPal thing. It gives them the, it just, it, it puts them in my mighty networks. Uh, and I have that all back end. And it took a lot to set up and took a lot of co-working and some coaching sessions to make sure I got all that set up. And I would say, pay someone to help you set those things up if it feels daunting because it can be overwhelming. But let me tell you, once you do your back end like that, like it is just not that stressful for me. It just has opened up and it just takes care of so many things that could go wrong. I don't have to be on all the time with it. It's taking care of itself. It's like having an assistant. The other thing I've done, and this is not automation, but I know that I don't like to work alone. I know I won't be consistent. I just know this about myself. It's not that I don't love myself. It's just how my brain works. I'm a communal, more like community-based person and connection means the most to me. That's my value. So knowing that about myself, I went ahead because of the collaborations I do, I could afford to hire an assistant at a decent wage for them. Um, I always make sure I pay, you know, a good amount an hour and it's not very much. I don't ask them to do very much. But what we do have is one meeting a week. So I'm just touching base with somebody, telling them about what, what I'm hoping to be doing, where we're going. They post regular posts in my Mighty Network, so I'm consistent. So that's automatically happening. <laughs> and then they also do image descriptions only in my social media. But what that means is before my meeting, which is after this recording, if you will, before my meeting, I have to make sure I have some flipping posts in there. <laughs> so she, you know what I mean? And it actually, I, it, you know, this morning, had I not had that meeting with my assistant and my, my teammate is like, call him, I would have gotten those posts done. You know what I mean? I just wouldn't have, but now they're done. And there, and it wasn't really, it just made me do the thing. And then those other things are automatically happening. So yeah, getting someone to help make things a little bit more accessible with captions and images, that has been a big deal for me. And I haven't been great at getting on that. So getting some help with that has been helpful as well. Yeah, that's, I think I've had an assistant for over 10 years and it was just, I would just say, hey, can you do this for me? And then I wouldn't have to worry about it. She just recently retired and I'm training a new person and the new person's great, but of course it's a different person. It's a different skills and things that I just automatically took for granted with the old one. I had to, oh yeah, I need to tell her about that. And so now my stress levels are all, but the bottom line for all of these things, I think is people say, oh, I don't want to do that because it's going to take so much time. It's going to cause me stress. It's going to this. Yes, it will in the beginning. But once you've got it done, you can go away. I can go away for two weeks. I can stay in bed and recuperate for two weeks if I want to and not have to worry about it because I know somewhere along the line, it's done and I don't have to deal with it. And the wheels are turning and, you know, all of that's coming in and it's it's fantastic so if you can accept that it's going to take a little bit of time and energy on the front end uploading down the line you're going to have a much easier business life <laughs> 
and give yourself more time. Like whatever time you think it's going to take, double it, triple it. Like we uh, humans chronically underestimate how much time things will take. So just like give yourself so much more grace, I say, you know what I mean? And because I think like the culture we live in is just very, you know, and sometimes we have to make the money. I, I get it. Right. But just like realizing that in giving yourself and chunking out more time for yourself will be helpful. And, you know, it's interesting is that, uh, I don't know, but I got this cool book called Chronic Profit. It's like managing your small business while managing persistent pain, chronic illness. And it had some great tips in it. So it's a cute little, easy to read book. And it's just, I just wanted to say it because it's by Alison Tedford, who is an indigenous woman in Canada. She's going to be, she's going to be talking to me on my podcast. (laughs) Oh, wonderful. So I don't even need to talk about it. Well, anyway, I just learned some and, and I, you know, some of it was trial and error and a lot of it was support from people I love and people cheering me on. And the last thing I will say is take time off. Like I took three weeks off in July it wasn't even all that easy to take three whole weeks off and really not do work, but like take time off before we need it and schedule those breaks. And, you know, when you get your year calendar out, be like, what, what, you know, if you have kids birthdays or you have special events and you know, you want to take a few weeks off in this month and, you know, you know, a month might be slow, just take it off, take it up, schedule some social media or don't just say, Hey, I'm taking a break. Like it actually sometimes helps those algorithms. So I just say it's kind of like the rest revolution, you know, take some time off before we it may help us with burnout, right? It might help us not get to that point where we're in so much pain or we can't function if we kind of pace. It's just part of pacing. So absolutely. Listen, I can't believe our time is up already. This just has gone by so fast. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you think is really important and needs to be said? Might be a bit controversial, but I don't believe our chronic illnesses are our fault. Thank you. <laughs> they are not our fault. It's only controversial to the medical community or something, but, but I just, it's not our fault and we're doing the best we can. And we're lucky that we live in a time, I think with so many technological, like technical, like all these so- software platforms, all the things that we could do to automate and make things more comfortable for us. So we can do this work. Yeah, I agree. 100%. Yeah. We sit there oftentimes and think because we're, we're looked down on, we're called names it's it's really difficult and oh you're just being lazy and and all this kind of stuff and no we're not you go into the doctors and the doctors roll their eyes at you because they don't know what you've got and we turn ourselves into our own worst enemies because we we lose our self-esteem we you know all of that and that's the first thing we have to do is kick ourselves in the butts and say look this isn't our fault we're gonna do the very best we can we've still got so much to offer let's don't sit and wait for pigs to fly you know let's just get out there and do it so that is an absolutely wonderful way to end this conversation thank you so much Treva I know that guys listening if you have more questions if you want to talk to her all of her information will be in the show notes when we post this episode and to wrap things up Often after a podcast, people want to know more about some of the things that we do here at Business Success Unlimited. If you'd like to hop on a Zoom, my contact info is also in the show notes, or you can email me at nancy at businesssuccessunlimited.com. 
Guys, if you liked this show, let us know, share it with others, put comments in on the, on the bottom of the podcast. Let us know what other kinds of things you'd like to hear in the future. And until next time, get out there, be productive, and soar higher. Take care, y'all. Bye-bye.